Hey everyone, welcome to Thriving Marriage with Mark and Bethany. This is our weekly discussion of marriage and family and the Christian life, and we want to talk today about uh, being in the world and uh, being a Christian, a couple, a Christian family mm-hmm. in this world and in our culture. And this is probably going to start at least kind of a two-week discussion mm-hmm. because today we want to talk about our responsibility to be in the world, to remain in the world without becoming like the world, um, but to, to have that critical presence and uh, connection mm-hmm. to the world to represent Christ. And then next week, I think we need to continue the discussion because being in the world, you can go too far with that and you can become like the world or conform to the people around you. And so right. uh, while we think it's important to talk about being in the world, it's also important next week to talk about not becoming like it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you're not for my commune idea. Is that what you're saying? I was, because I was kind of thinking we just all, you know, our favorite Christian friends, we all just moved oh, to yeah. one spot, one plot of land out somewhere. I mean, and, yes, there's part of me <laughs> that sounds great. Part of me that sounds wonderful. Just right. escape the crazy yeah. world in which we live, right. the crazy state in which we live, and just go. <laughs> And live in a community with a bunch of people we agree with. Yeah. That'd be nice. Yeah. It's tempting. I feel like that's the running Christian joke. I've heard many people be like, oh, why don't we just go to a commune lately? And we get that pull because it seems like our world is getting crazier and things are getting more difficult to live uh, Christian lives potentially and to have the morals that we have based on what the Bible says. But yeah, the the texts that we look at and the, the way that we see the Bible teach us as Christians that we can't just pull ourselves out from everything in the world. We have to be here. We have to remain here. We have to live here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can't withdraw from mm-hmm. the world. You can't isolate from the world Right. as nice and as convenient <laughs> as that might be or might sound. That's not the right sort of uh, Christian solution to the problem. In fact, Jesus right. speaks to this directly when he's praying for his disciples He says that he's thanking God, his father, for his disciples, and he says, I've given them your word, and the world has hated them because of that. And he says right after that, I've given them the Bible, okay, and my my word, and I do not ask that you take them out of the world, but that you keep them from the evil one. And then he goes on a few sentences later to say, um, as you sent me into the world, so I have sent them into the world. And so you have this commissioning in the Bible, and you mm-hmm. also have it in the Great Commission and elsewhere throughout the New Testament that says Christians are to be deployed into the world and to stay there uh, to represent Christ and to bring the gospel to the, to the dying world. And, right. And to be faithful representatives all over, wherever we find ourselves. So not to go and isolate and cut ourselves off from people who need the message that we know, but to actually live among people in in the world and represent Christ faithfully. Yeah, it makes me think of in Matthew when when it... Jesus talks about being the salt and the light. And I can't help but think of that song from when I was a kid. You know, you don't want to put your light under a bushel. Yeah, no. No. No, no, no. No, you got to let it shine. (laughs) Uh Nobody wants your light to be under a bushel. Uh But it's tempting. We understand the bushel analogy, the basket kind of covering up the light because we're tempted to isolate or just be around only Christians or only people who think exactly like us. And I think Jesus is very clear in 
telling his disciples, telling his followers, you are preserving influence of salt. You're a light. You're showing what the truth is. You're an example, pointing people to who Jesus is, pointing people to the word. You, part of our jobs is to evangelize and to point people to Christ. And so we can't be hiding. You know, we can't be secretive. We can't be looking exactly like the people around us or else there's no light shining. So I think there's a lot of texts that just kind of encourage this mentality that would help us from living on a commune, that would keep us from that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So we've got to stay here. Yeah. We've got to be in the world without becoming like it. And mm-hmm. so we'll save that second part of the, se- the statement for next week and talk about the cultural pressures and influences around us and how to resist them. Yeah. But today, let's talk about strategic ways mm-hmm. to be in the world right? and to find appropriate contexts for us to place ourselves in which we can represent Christ. Right. So I guess, yeah, what, what are some of the ways mm-hmm. and places that we try to do this? Yeah, I think one of the first things probably is our neighborhood, the place that we live where God has put us. And we've lived in a lot of different neighborhoods. And often there's homes right around us with people that we see as we come into our house, come out of our house. And we do try to think of that as a great place to get to know people of, you know, Christians, non-Christians, whoever they are. We want to love our neighbors, our direct neighbors in our community and invite them to church and then talk to them about what we believe. And so I just think as a family, you and I have had that kind of vision in getting to know the people around us. We want to love them. We want to talk to them about what we believe. We want to ask them what they believe. Mm-hmm. We want to be good neighbors. Mm-hmm. Uh, we want to be kind to people around us. But yep. I mean, the first thing that we did, I suppose we did without even saying a word is we just started parking our cars in the driveway and in front of our house and our cars have compass Bible church yeah, stickers true. all over them. Right. And so, you know, the mm-hmm. neighbors saw that yep. the day we moved in, the stickers aren't discreet. They're right. obvious. And right. Um, and so they, people know, oh, the people who live there go to Compass Bible Church. Now that doesn't tell them a lot of details about the specifics of our particular faith. And, Mm -hmm. you know, that's not going to replace conversations and, you know, strategic uh, opportunities for us to share, but it does make a statement and an important one. Uh, People drive by even our house and they know that or assume that Christians live there. And that's a good thing. We want we want people to think that. And then we need to accompany that kind of public statement, yeah. bumper sticker statement, with uh, conversations and, yeah. you know, inviting people to church at various points right. and it, church events that we do that kind of right. serve the community. And we're playing the long game with our neighbors. We're, we're trying to, you know, live where we live and... Uh, just consistently um, uh, invite at the right times mm-hmm. and represent Christ all the time. Yeah, and just to be out in the neighborhood. I mean, I, I feel like since COVID, sometimes people are not even out and about. But we'll go around our neighborhood on walks. We'll take bikes out. We'll go down to the cul-de-sac near us. And we've met, uh, I would say, basically everyone in kind of our loop in our sphere. And it's it's interesting. There was just a neighbor who... You know, kind of went through a hard time, who I, I don't believe is someone who is a Christian per se, but also did text me and ask me to pray. So that was an interesting thing. Hey, could you be praying for this, knowing that that is something I do, knowing that's something I've talked about with her before. She's been invited to church. And just to see that that's an influence where she would turn to someone like us 
in a time of crisis and a time of help. So it's a great way to kind of reach out to those around us, just directly around our home. Yeah. I mean, there was another time we were out and we were walking and we heard an alarm, like a home alarm yes. going off, yeah. like loud, obnoxious. And right. my first thought was like, man, someone should turn that off. <laughs> and, and then my <laughs> second thought <laughs> was we should go yes. and look. Check on them. And, and so we walked over to the home and sure enough, identified the house where the alarm was coming yep. from. And um, we called, we yes, had the we number. Had the number so of we this, called yep. them and... They were in the house trying to turn it off, and yeah. something had set it off, and it was right. no big deal. But that person, I think that made an impact on them that yes. we, you know, there's, I don't know, 50 homes around, and we, we walked over. We, we came to see. There mm-hmm. weren't 50 people that came over. We came over. And yep. so, and I think that kind of had an impact on that neighbor. And so anyway, there's lots of little opportunities, yeah. and we want to capitalize on all of them in our home. But there's also context outside of our immediate community, um, our neighborhood, and that is on like sports teams or other extracurricular programs that right. we get to involve our kids in. That gives us as parents a touch point with other parents that we yeah. might not otherwise meet. Yeah. And it's, uh, you know, I, I really am prayerful and strategic, and I think you are too, as we get on to a new, you know, a kid gets on a football or soccer or whatever they're doing. Um, I, Day one of the games, I try to meet every family and just have a conversation. Who are you? What's your name? Oh, who's your son? Oh, how great. You know, and and make that touch point. And then throughout the season, I am trying to, you know, just have connections with them and get to know them as a family. See if they can, you know, invite them over at times, even to our house or get the kids together. And all the while, just thinking, you know, this is a great person for me to invest in, to get to know, to get to love, and to ultimately hear where they're at with the Lord or reach out to them and invite them to church and just to see those connections be made. Yeah. I think there was a first football game for us with one of our kids this last weekend. Mm-hmm. I think we met everybody on the team. I walked tried. over. Yeah, yep. yeah. And walked over and introduced ourselves and said hi. And, mm-hmm. you know, because one reason we're participating in that sports team is so that our child can learn a Mm -hmm. sport, compete, sweat, get outside, learn to win, learn to lose, learn to play on a team. There's a lot of great reasons for that boy to be on a sports team, Mm -hmm. right? But another major reason why he's on that sports team is so that we can have a touch point with a bunch of uh, random people who are outside of our church. Yep. And we need that kind of touch point because I work at the church, so all of my coworkers, (laughs) all of my immediate close friends are right here in the office at the church. I see them every day. They don't need to be evangelized. Right. You know, so we need to put ourselves in some situations strategically where we're around uh, other people who don't go to our church and opportunities for us to share Christ with them. Yeah, and I... It's interesting because the kids pick up on that. You know, I've had uh, some of our kids be like, how can you talk to everyone? You know, not everyone on the sports team, not all the parents. I mean, a lot of parents are holed up, sitting in their spot. They're comfy. They don't want to get up and walk around necessarily. And so it's it's a good even witness to our own children because I'll explain, well, mom wants to get to know. My mom loves people. I want to reach out. Mom and dad, we want to get to know them. Maybe invite them to Compass, stuff like that. So it's a it's a good way to even be an example to your own children in the fact that you love people and you have a purpose beyond just football or beyond just soccer or volleyball or whatever it might be. Yep. 
So we talked about extracurricular stuff. Well, mm-hmm. there's also curricular stuff. And so whatever, wherever your kids happen to be involved with school, yes. there's probably opportunities there for you to engage with other people. And so, um, and maybe people outside of your immediate church context. So uh, that's another important place for you to capitalize. Yeah, totally. I mean, teachers, you know, can you volunteer at your school? Can you be on the campus when you can be? Can you meet the principal and talk to them? Yeah, I think I've tried to do those things. We've tried to do that as a family, and we've tried to just get to know kids' families, the the families that we interact with and hang out with them even outside of school. I'll never forget one time inviting one of my friend's uh, parents into the home. They were picking up their kid. I was like, come on in, you know, and the face calling, what? Oh, you know, no, it's okay. I don't have to come in. And, you know, just that idea of hospitality. Oh, no, come on in. I love to have people in my home. And we just ended up chatting, got to know her a little bit and found out that that mom was going through kind of a tough time. And, you know, we ended up reaching out and inviting to church the, the family. They didn't end up coming, but it was something that I wanted to just have that openness even in our own home as we get to connect with other families at the school. Yeah, that's great. Um, I want to take the last couple of minutes and just talk a little bit about um, why this is the case. I guess at the beginning we Mm -hmm. we quoted John 17. Mm -hmm. Jesus says, you know, I'm sending you into the world and I don't pray that you take them out of the world, but that you keep them. So we have this kind of expectation from Christ, our Lord, our master to stay in the world. And, and so I think by way of implication, this means that wherever we find ourselves, yeah. in whatever state, in whatever political climate, in whatever cultural mm-hmm. circumstance, uh, we are to be missionaries. So you don't have to go to you know a third world country to be a missionary. Mm-hmm. Um, you just need to be where you are and rep- represent Christ yes. within your culture. And so... Uh, it's just increasingly popular. We live here in California. It's increasingly mm-hmm. popular for people to, you know, want to pick up and move because the California culture is bad from a, you know, from their perspective, from a Christian perspective. Man, there's so yeah. much kind of political uh, animosity and uh, just morals, cultural, yeah, yeah right, influences going around yeah. us. So, you know, we better leave. Right. And there's nothing wrong with moving to another state, but you know, and finding a place where you you line up a little bit more, you know, politically speaking. But um, I I just think that what you have in this discussion here and the passages that we've talked about is a responsibility to represent Christ regardless Mm -hmm. of the political climate or the cultural influences around you. So, um, we are trying to embrace the state in which we live mm-hmm. and the county in which we live and view this as our mission field. And, you know, yeah, some things might be more convenient to go somewhere else, but we just don't where we, we try not to make decisions based on what would be most convenient for our family. We try to make decisions based on what would be best to serve Christ, to, um, you know, to be faithful. Yeah. And we can be 
real prayerful in that, in those big decisions, if that's coming up for you or something you're thinking about, you know, being real prayerful about, God, where is my mission field? You know, to pray, where would you have us to be? Because we want to be representatives of you, ambassadors for Christ, no matter where we are. Yeah. Well, thanks so much for listening in. Hopefully this is helpful for you and your family, and we'll talk to you later. 